Hello, everyone. So before we get into the episode, Jeremy and I just wanted to um, say how shocked we are uh, by the sudden news uh, relative to this recording uh, as of yesterday that um, of the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Um, man, I when you sent me that, I was like, I was like, there's no way. I yeah, I, I was going through Facebook or something last night, and I saw it, and I was you know I, I I sat up. I was like, wait, what? What? You know, because I you know I didn't know he was sick. I mean, I'm saying that like I you know it, no one personally, no one, but, but you know, I, but I think a lot of people were just a shock because you know it wasn't you know released that he had cancer. It wasn't you know what I mean. It was mm-hmm. like a David Bowie situation where uh, nobody knew, yeah. right? And. I mean, he was sick like during the last few Avengers movies. Yeah, I um, I did some did some research, and uh, they said he was diagnosed in 2016. So in 2016 to now, he did Gods of Egypt, which I actually didn't know he was in. I didn't see that. Uh, Civil War, mm-hmm. Message from the King, Marshall, Black Panther. So he's been sick the entire time. He's been Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Infinity War, Endgame, 21 Bridges, and then of course probably his final movie to five bloods mm-hmm. um i mean it says he's got four other projects but i i if, I, if he finished any of them yeah um, um it's just so crazy you know because i remember when the news broke when he did um because he had done something and fans were concerned because he looked sickly um but then you know a lot of people kind of passed it off like oh maybe it's for a role you know because I've heard that he's not necessarily a method actor, but he does get into his roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, when I when I saw the video, I was like, yeah, he does look really sick. Um, but then I even said the same thing. Yeah, maybe it is for a role. I think maybe that's just a way for us to be like, yeah, he's fine, you know. Um, and I was thinking about this today. You know, they, they were supposed to, I'm, I don't know if Marvel's still going to, but do a Black Panther 2. That's a good point. Uh, I I did read a little bit this morning that uh, people are saying, you know, if you are planning on doing another one, you know, use the footage you have, but don't replace him. Right. Yeah. Um, I I think that would be a little harder because, like, you know, with with the Rise of Skywalker, they had all this unused footage from of of Carrie Fisher from two movies that they could rework. I I don't think they have enough footage of Chadwick to do a whole movie. Probably not. In my opinion. I mean, not saying that they couldn't. I'm sure they could. Listen, the, the entire point being uh, of that was, you know, if you have to replace him to do the movie, don't do it. Right? I yeah. think that's what people were saying. Um, yeah, because I know, I know fans are already pretty upset with Marvel right now. Well, and, you know, people are just, you know, upset and shocked in general right now. You know, yeah. uh, I remember the first time I saw Chadwick in anything, it was in Justified. Um, oh, okay. I'm a big fan of Justified, and um, he was in an episode. I, think. I mean, he wasn't, you know. Like a major character. No. Uh, he was uh, one of those, you know. Uh, he comes in for an episode, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, that um, But then I, then I saw him in uh, 42, which was fantastic. It was Jackie Robinson's story. Mm-hmm. But he completely blew me away with Get On Up. Uh, I, his heard, portrayal of Jack um, of James Brown is amazing. I've heard that one's 
like everyone says 42 was fantastic, but Get On Up was yeah. unreal. He became James Brown. It was sort of like when Jamie Foxx was Ray Charles, right? It's yeah. the same thing. It's the same transformation. It was unbelievable. Yeah, you know, which the contrast to me, the first thing I ever saw him in was Captain America Civil War. Oh. Um, I wanted to see 42. And I have Defied Bloods on my watch list. Defied Bloods I, is really good. Which I know he's not like the the main character, but I know his character has a big role to play in the movie. Um, you know, it's just it's just really crazy that it kind of came out of nowhere. Like I think you said it perfectly. It's it was a David Bowie situation. No one knew he was sick. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact that he fought through it for four years and filmed what he did. You know, um, especially the last two Avengers movies, which took up probably two years of that fight. Uh, it just sucks, you know, because he does was, suck because he was a he was a phenomenal actor. Um, I, I, I mean, it's it's such a shame because yeah. uh, you know I'm I feel about the same way that it did when Prince died or when. Um, Anton Yelchin died. Oh man! You know we're we're losing these really talented people, right? Yeah. And uh, this this is such a bummer. And it came out of nowhere, like the other two I just mentioned. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, um, we just wanted to open with this, everyone. Um, our our thoughts and prayers go out to Chadwick's family. Um, he will be missed. Um, well, uh, we hope everyone enjoys the episode. Yo estaba bien por un tiempo volviendo a sonreír. Luego anoche te vi, tu mano me tocó y el saludo de tu Te hablé muy bien y tú, sin saber que he estado llorando por tu amor. Hello everyone, welcome to Reservations. We're your hosts, I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Charles Bronson. Oh, Glanahan. <laughs> Man, why are all of these fake names Irish or Scottish? I don't know, That's dude. on me. That's on you? That's on me. That's on uh, you? I'm, I'm going to take responsibility for it, and uh, we're just going to move past it. All right. That's pretty cool. Okay. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? It's because I like the O, like O'Shanahan, or I like... O'Malley. Yeah, or I also like the Mick, like Mick Gladhands, or the... <laughs> Or, you know, I I like, I like the, um, or O'Houlihan, like Patch Mm -hmm. the Houlihan, right? Um, that shit makes me laugh, so. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, you know, it's so crazy. Uh, recording this, we are three days away from Tenet, but when it comes out, we will be watching Tenet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we. I'm so, uh, I'm so yeah, excited. This is, this is exciting stuff. So you guys are listening to this on a Tuesday, probably, or whenever you can. Um, you know, that's the day we're going to see Tenet. Very, very exciting stuff. Um, YouTube needs to quit it with the little mini uh, teasers. Teasers. Yeah. 
Because I, I, I block it with my hand and I go, la, 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 oh, And I, it just builds over. You, I mean, uh, props to you, dude. Um, when I, when... When I was trying to watch a video on the Apple TV and it played, I just immediately hit menu and backed out and oh. reloaded it. And then it played again. I was like, nope, I will keep doing this until you don't show me yeah. an ad for tenant. I don't want to, I don't want to see anything. I don't want any any indication of the narrative. Uh, no. seeing nothing. I don't want anything. Yeah. I mean, I've been told that even if I were to watch the newest trailer, it probably wouldn't tell me anything. I'm like, matter. I don't care. Not risking I'm not, it. Yeah, I'm not taking that risk. Uh, you know, crazy? Warner, uh, bad example, Warner showed us Doomsday and Batman v Superman. I didn't want to know that. <laughs> like I said, it was a bad example. Bad example. But, I mean, but anyway, uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, today's, a, I, I feel like, is a very exciting episode. Yeah. Um, I, usually, I, 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 I pride myself in picking doozies. Um, so, I'm sure you probably already know this. This is the first David Lynch movie I've ever seen. Granted, I have watched Twin Peaks. I need to finish Twin Peaks, but I have watched Twin Peaks. But in terms of film, this is the first movie I've actually seen of his. Would you say great movie to start with? To get to understand the mind of David Lynch? That's a great question. Um, it's a more digestible one, right? Okay. Um, maintaining his style... And his his narrative structures. Okay. Yes. Um, so what you're saying is, if I would have started with like Eraserhead. Eraserhead is throwing you in the deep end, which okay. it was his first movie. So I mean, he's throwing everybody in the deep end. Gotcha. Right? Um, that's pure Lynch, right? Which I love. So would you say it's unfiltered Lynch? Eraserhead. Yeah. I mean, and this is also unfiltered. It. This is just a little bit of a different situation. Uh, by what it was supposed to be and then what it ended up being, right? Right. So, I would say this is a great way to start. Like, let's say if I had said, let's watch Inland Empire. I Do you think I would have hated it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's three hours Oof. of the weirdest, <laughs> most nonsensical stuff about David Lynch the entire way through. I mean, there is no straight narrative. There is no plot. So shortly after the first watch through of Mm -hmm. this, um, I was in a little bit of a Lynch mood, but since I don't own any of his other movies, uh, the next only thing I could find was a short film. What did Jack do? Oh yeah. Yeah. On Netflix. It's great. I loved it. Yeah. But, but about six minutes in, I was like, why the fuck am I still watching this? Because it's fantastic. He Lynch pulls you in, you know? Yeah. Because with... the dialogue is just all over the place. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that, that, uh, oh, I, I used the term when I was telling my mom about it. The, um, superimposed mouth yeah. on the, the monkey was killing me. And it's obviously David's mouth. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> you and should watch his documentary, uh, David Lynch: The Art Life. Uh, the the one on uh, on that Criterion Collection. Yes, um, I was considering you adding get, it on. You get a sense of who he is as an artist because he does actual art pieces, not just film. He also does, you know, um, multimedia art pieces. Well, and, it's also astounding to me. That he's also been in a few episodes of Family Guy, either and as the himself. Show, the Cleveland Show, uh, he's the the bartender. Uh, he or he owns the bar that everybody goes to. 
And he uh, does he play himself? Yeah. That's it, awesome. It's him, and he just he looks like he does. Uh, the only difference is he's David Lynch as a bartender in Virginia. That's <laughs> uh, that's what he and it's awesome because he's still David Lynch just in this world, yeah. Just a heightened uh, heightened version of himself. I wouldn't even say that. No. That's funny. <laughs> um so if you haven't if you didn't listen last week, uh, as Jeremy was saying, shame on you. Uh, but we are discussing Maholland Drive. And which just a quick thing. Uh-huh. If you haven't seen it yet. Spoilers. Yes. Uh, this will ruin your enjoyment because I'm gonna I'm gonna solve it for you. So don't <laughs> so don't do don't listen to this before you watch it. Watch it, watch it a few times, then come back because yeah. Pause, pause us here. Try to, yeah, try to figure it out yourself. I, I highly recommend you do the slew thing yourself because it's, I think it's fun to do stuff like that. I yeah. think it's fun to try to unlock this mystery without any assistance. I needed assistance uh, <laughs> after five or six watches. I was like, you know what? I am overthinking it and I'm missing stuff or I'm glossing over important things and focusing on not important things and I just need to be doing the opposite. So, yeah. So again, spoiler warning. Yeah. Spoiler warning. Um, Cause I know Jeremy had a hard time with this when you were telling me about the paper you had to write in college. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about what I was told to put in and what I refused to put in. So, so spoilers, this is your final spoiler warning. Pause us and then come back. So welcome back. All right. So <laughs> those idiots are gone. So, um, all right. Mulholland Drive. Mulholland. Okay. Is it, is it Mulholland or Ma, or how do you, how'd you say it? Mulholland? I guess I'm, maybe I'm just hearing it. Oh, maybe. Differently. Um, I, I, I've never really thought about the pronunciation. I always thought I was doing it right. Oh, Mulholland okay. Drive. Oh, anyway. Um, all right. Continue. So this is David Lynch's... What some would say is masterpiece. This is the ultimate David Lynch film. Everything I read said that this is hands down. Roger his Ebert best thing. put it on his great films list. Gave it his oh, wow. whole four stars. Oh damn! This is oh dip for Roger Ebert. This is the best film he's ever seen in the two thousands. Um, I'm, I'm I want to look at the Rotten Tomatoes score. Keep talking. Okay, so let's. Let's dive in and let's talk a little bit about certain aspects of it before oh, I b- before we solve it. All right, because um, I I don't want to just solve it and then talk about that. I think that that would be misguided. Certified fresh, eighty three percent. Eighty three. That's not bad. I feel like it should be higher. It should be higher. But uh, eighty three and it's certified fresh. Hmm. That's uh, that's not too bad. That's not bad. All right. So anyway, so let's just go ahead and just start with the very very beginning, which is the jitterbug. Uh, opening. This is the cold open, the jitterbug with the purple, violet, pinkish background. Mm-hmm. And, and the... And the just like three, I think, three couples that are being superimposed and doubled up on top of one another, mm-hmm. right? Um, doing these like 50 doo-wop dances. Yeah, doing the jitterbug, right? No. Um, and eventually we get the... Uh, we get Betty and the, the elderly couple superimposed. Um, yeah, and this is almost like a I'm trying to think, almost like a like a, a light is being shown on them. Yeah, it's, yes, yes, they seem to be spotlit, and because then we hear audiences clapping and cheering, right? And this, of course, will become very important 
uh, once we dive into the actual film after we get through the uh, the opening credits with um, Rita um, quote unquote quote unquote Rita uh, in the limo uh, on the Holland Drive. So just let everyone know we're not we're not really giving a synopsis. No, but we do have to break it down scene by scene. Yeah, only be I mean because. It, Especially a lot of the dialogue is important. Mm-hmm. Um, certain it's certain scenes, dialogue is very important yeah. because it'll come back later. Yeah, I, I immediately I was like, when we do this, we're going to have to break it down. Yeah. Because I, I feel like if we just jump into it. Again, I don't want to, you know, we're not going to, I don't think we'll have to hit on every scene, but we do well, have right. to hit on a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. But anyway, so we, we meet Rita. We meet Rita. Rita gets in a car accident and um, stumbles into... Uh, Aunt Irene's Ruth. Aunt Ruth. Oh, Aunt Ruth, sorry. Irene is um No one in this movie is named Irene. That's not true, but we'll get there. Uh <laughs> yes, someone in this movie is named Irene, and I'm I'll figure that out in a second. Oh, it's the casting director. There I we think. go. Um See yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, right, I told so, you someone in this movie was named Irene. Shut up. So Aunt Ruth, she stumbles into Aunt Ruth's house, and that's where she is hiding out, right? Yes. Um Well, because uh, her limo drivers supposedly try to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, very important. Yes. Um, and then we meet Betty. Betty is played by Naomi Watts and is boring. Yeah. I I think Betty is extremely boring. Betty is wide-eyed. Betty is innocent. Betty is naive. Mm-hmm. And Betty is boring, right? Sort of. And she's sort of obnoxious. Only a, she's obnoxious in her optimism and in her um, in her overall just cheerful attitude, right? I, okay, I would agree with that. Boring, I wouldn't agree with, but obnoxious, yes. Um, do you think that has to go with how David was directing Naomi? It's absolutely intentional, right? Yeah. This is not. Um, this is not a. Uh, a criticism choice. This on... is not a criticism of the movie at all. No, no. This is just describing a character that is meant to be this way, right? Right. Uh, Betty is meant to be this very over the top, naive, wide eyed, optimistic. Yeah. You know, would be actress, right? Right. And Aunt Ruth works in the film industry in Hollywood. Yeah, it doesn't. They don't really say what she does. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, we we barely even see her. Right. Uh, but we do see her, and that's also important. Right. Um, so, okay, Betty goes to uh, Ruth's apartment. She is staying there. Coco. She meets Coco, the manager. Right, the manager, and um, Coco is also very important. Again, some people aren't, some people are, right? Yeah. Now, Betty, you would say Betty and Ruth, not Betty and Ruth, I'm sorry, Betty and uh, Rita are the main storyline. Yeah. Now, what's weird about this film is we get these interludes. Uh, we get the men at the Winkies, mm-hmm. right? Um, this one, <laughs> this is a strange interlude because the movie quickly becomes a horror film for five minutes. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and I've only ever seen that guy, the guy telling the, about his nightmare in a video game, oh. L.A. Noir. Because they, they mo-capped his face. Uh, he's fantastic. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He was in a few episodes of Mad Men. He was in Twin Peaks The Return. Uh, yeah, he's he, been he, plays, he plays a character called Mickey Cohen. 
Oh. He's a gangster. Oh. But that's the only thing I've ever seen him in. So I was like, oh, hey. Mickey Cohen's a real person, by the way. All right. So <laughs> Mickey Cohen was a, was a well, real gangster. Well, yeah, Noir was based Los Angeles. reality. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So the winky scene. Dude, that threw me off it the does, first time right? I saw it. It's song. sort of, you know, it's this break in the narrative of this mystery, right? Mm-hmm. To give us this sort of non sequitur. It does end up being important, but um, at the time, it's not, right? And you just kind of think like, huh. I need you to think of the entire first two-thirds of the movie as dream logic, all right? Okay. That's what we need to do, because this guy is only in here for one reason, because... We'll get there. So I don't want to ruin it. Yet. So <laughs> everyone, you should have seen the look on his face. He wanted to. I go wanted ahead. to tell you so bad. But no, 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 not yet. Um, so what you're saying is, if you would have said that, the episode would have been over. Yeah, I would have. Been, well, I would have right, well, demanded. See, see you guys next week. Yeah. yeah. Ah, well, I fucked it up. Well, I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> no. So um, the winky scene. So this guy telling him, telling us, the audience, basically about his nightmare, mm-hmm. and it initially coming true. Uh, when they go to the back of the Winkies and um, the homeless man, I guess woman. Uh, oh, it's uh. the woman who is uh, <gasps> the nun uh, in the Conjuring Part Two, and of course in the movie The Nun. Uh, that's oh. the same actress. Yeah. Ah. Oh. I know, and that of course is more recently. She's done other stuff, obviously. But um, for those of you who want, I'm oh, sorry, a more recent example, it would be those two movies. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. Also, she's the. They, I think they call her a bum in the credits at the very end. It's the same person, but different makeup. Because um, okay. this is made to look more like uh, she's this ghoulish sort of goblin. Gotcha. Okay. Right. And the fact that it comes out of nowhere and the, the suspense that's being built up by going closer and closer and closer to the back of the Winkies yeah. is <laughs> intense. You know, and i just like to point out... Um, the other guy, mm-hmm. such a bad friend, you know? Yeah. Because he was like, is that why you brought us here? I guess to make sure that the dream wouldn't come real. And he was like, well, come on, let's go see. Yeah. Like, no. Like, now here's uh, here's something that might interest you is do you think he was, do you think that ghoulish person was there at all? We don't cut back and see it, right? <sighs> we, it's a POV shot of, the man with the dream, right? Mm-hmm. So we see what he sees, then we cut back to them, and he just passes out, right? Yeah, and it almost seems like the other guy is not reacting Right, at the all. other guy doesn't seem to notice anything either. I mean... None of this matters, by the way, but I wanted to ask anyway. I mean... In terms of the overall narrative, it doesn't well, matter. See, now that you're saying it, yeah, I don't think it was there at all. Right. At the time, I'm like... I was like, what the fuck? Like, that guy is kind of a dick. I know. <laughs> but I, I do think that it wasn't really there. Yeah. Uh, see, now that you say it, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, again, watching it the first time, then even last night the second time, I was like, I like I care, but I don't. I'm like, I don't care. Right. Bring me back to Betty and Rita. Right. No. Because then we, yeah, we also get these interludes of... Uh, casting this film 
Adam, yeah, Adam, we get introduced to Adam Kesher. Justin Thoreau. A second episode we've done with uh, Justin Thoreau. Love Justin Thoreau. And this, uh, this I think, was after American Psycho. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is well, a year after uh, yeah. American Psycho. And, but it's not only Justin Thoreau, but it's also um, the gentleman who was the little person speaking backwards in the Black Lodge in Twin Peaks. Uh, oh, yeah. He is in a wheelchair in this one. Very mysterious. Still don't know what he does. <laughs> yeah. Still don't know who he is. Um, but we get that interlude as well. We That this thing is much bigger than we thought in scope, right? This decision to hire this actress is such mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah, because right? we meet Adam, who I guess is meeting with his manager and I'm assuming executives for the film company mm-hmm. that's producing this film. And... They want him to agree to this actress because these, I'm assuming, mobsters are saying, you're going to hire her. This is the girl. This is the girl. Right. Um, And (laughs) obviously, Adam wants nothing to do with it. He's like, this is my movie. Right. And eventually... All hell breaks loose. Right. And he is convinced um, by a mysterious cowboy to choose the girl. The girl, right? Yeah. You, Which, will, you will go to work. You will see, you will audition many girls. You will see this one. And Camilla. you will say, this is this the girl. This is the girl. And how, how fucking, it was very menacing. Even though the line was not delivered menacing, it was very menacing of, you'll see me one more time if you do good. You will see me two more times if you do bad. How many times will you see him after that, Rain? Twice. Twice. That is correct. Oh, shit! Oh! Um, yeah. So... Sorry, everyone. Now, this movie's going to blow your mind. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to blow your mind in this episode. Because, because I'm, I've already got a mental map. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of... I should have, like... As I told you off mic, I was going to take notes, but then I really brought my notes down to one question that I'm going to ask I here did. in a minute. I started taking notes last night. I took more this morning. Uh, this morning. <laughs> that's a lie. I didn't. I was not up this morning. But At uh, noon. I was drinking last night. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just quit taking notes. So uh, anyway. How many times have I told you if you drink, that goes to heroin? Yeah, I know. Just well, like Baptists say dancing leads to sex. Which that's also true, but um, it's the one thing they got right. <laughs> he says to a, a former Baptist. <laughs> so, the what's interesting about the the cowboy is they they took off his eyebrows. Uh, so the cowboy, the actor, he doesn't have any eyebrows. So he, sh- he they shaved him. Yeah, uh, oh, because wow. they didn't want him to express any emotion, right? You and see, so it's less emotion being expressed without your eyebrows. And see, now that you say that, now I'm like, oh, yeah, he didn't. No, he didn't have any eyebrows. Um, well, then we also... He's got a cool jacket, though. We also get the interludes of uh, my boy, Mark Pellegrino. Yes. Lucifer. Yes. Uh, as, uh, supernatural fans out there will know him as Lucifer. Uh, he's been in a lot of other stuff. Oh, I yeah. mean, even a, a small, brief little thing in National Treasure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he has one cool. line, like... Benjamin Franklin wrote letters and he does it just like this. No one can see me. I'm touching all my fingers together. And he's like, he wrote letters as silence do good. And that's like his one fucking line, the whole movie. He's great. And I, I meant, he to, is look, great I meant this, to look this up 
because it has a name, but he has two different colored eyes. For that one scene. Yes. Uh, for what we will call the dream logic, uh, he has two different colored eyes. And it is, it's called something, and I don't remember what it's called. Um, um, yeah. It's sort of distracting because <laughs> one eye is just so sky blue. light blue and the other one's brown. Yeah. And so... When we get this first interlude of him, he's I was presumably talking to an old friend mm-hmm. who he then kills. Right. Both things can be true because it, they do seem to have this this rapport that they know each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And because one of them, the the guy, the because he's like, how you guy, been, man? Right. The douchey guy asks uh, asks him, you know, how you been? You making ends meet? What's going on? You know. So yeah. they do know each other. And and then Mark just. Uh, Silences him, and he's bad at it, and that's really important that he's bad at it because it's. And now we go from this movie becoming a horror film for five minutes. Now it's a comedy for five minutes. Yeah, because he's trying to make it look like a suicide, trying to get the gun into his hand and make it look like a suicide. And he pulls the trigger with his finger and shoots the uh, office next door. And I love just this whole sequence. His 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 reoccurring line is. Oh man! Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like ah, oh, shot Marvin in the face. Ah, oh, shot Marvin in the face. Oh man! You know, it's it's an inconvenience for him, but it's not the end of the world, right? Right. And Which then leads to him having to kill this poor woman that he accidentally shot. Mm-hmm. Kill the janitor of this rundown building. Oh yeah. And then eventually sets the fire alarm off, and, and yeah, he's just I mean, like, he just he's so bad at. It. <laughs> He's not a good hitman. <laughs> all, all to get this one black book. Right. With all the world's numbers in it, as the douchey guy says. Right. Um, <laughs> we do see him one more time with the... No, not the waitress. I'm sorry. She's we, a different actress. Um, we, we see him twice. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm just saying... Uh, but yeah, in this... Con- yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I'm, we're assuming... I'm assuming, at least, um, a lady of the night... Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be respectful here. Yeah. It's the world's oldest profession. Yeah, uh, so. a lady of the night. A whore. Go ahead. <laughs> Seemingly asking information about Rita, because he says, "Have you seen a new girl on the streets, brunette, a little beat up?" Because that's how we saw Rita, right, uh, at the beginning of the movie. So the, things seem to be connecting, right. right? Okay, let's go back to Betty and Rita. Yes. So now Betty is determined to help Rita. Uh, we forgot to mention uh, she Rita has amnesia. <laughs> has amnesia. Yeah. And Rita's not even her real name. No, she saw Rita Hayworth poster in Aunt Ruth's house and said her name was Rita. Off we go. Eventually, she lets Betty know that no, her name isn't Rita. She has no idea what her name is and who she is. Mm-hmm. Right? All she knows is she was in a car accident. So they find out, yes, there was an accident in Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. No, there's nothing in the paper about it. But I promise we're going to figure it out. And Betty is just so determined. Again, she's very obnoxious and <laughs> very optimistic, very gung-ho to figure this out. She almost seems like, especially when she's on the phone, uh, at the payphone, you know, she's having so much fun doing this. Yeah. Right? Because she says... Solving this mystery. You know, it'll be just like the movies. Yes. Again, very annoying. So, <laughs> Betty is obnoxious. Um, is she the worst? Nah, she's not the worst. She's getting there. I uh, think the worst, and we haven't mentioned her yet, but I mean, it's all right. We'll get there. Uh, is Lorraine. I think Lorraine is you the think worst. Lorraine's the worst? Lorraine, Lorraine is 100% the worst. All right. We'll get there. <laughs> so, 
All right. We get a really weird reveal that Betty, as obnoxious as she is, is a good actress. Yes, at her audition. Um, and so she's been auditioning for this. She's been preparing for this audition uh, while she's helping Rita. Mm-hmm. And she says, once I'm done with my audition, we're going to we're going to go figure some stuff out. Right. Right. And she kills it at the audition. Absolutely kills it. And it's such a strange scene that's not written very well. And, of course, this uh, this very old, <laughs> leather-skinned uh, actor. George Hamilton? Yeah, he looked like George <laughs> Hamilton. I was going to say George Hamilton, but I, I, I caught myself out of it halfway through because I forgot the word George. So, yes, this George Hamilton-looking guy. Um, George Hamilton, motherfucker. Is playing opposite Naomi Watts, Betty. Betty. Yeah, and it's a very intimate, very sensual scene that they're doing, which is uncomfortable because of their age difference, of course. Which is kind of funny. Oh, I'm say funny, but you know, David showed us previously her rehearsing this scene with Rita. Yes, and it's very different. Yeah, they're they're playing it much more like a. Like a bad soap opera. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, before I kill you. And right. she's got the knife already. And then, goes, and then I cry, cry, cry. And then you're right. Whatever. But then when we see the audition, as, you, as you're as saying, it's much more intimate. They're closer. They even kiss. Oh, yeah. And they're just, like, touching all over each other. And it's very intimate, very uncomfortable. Uh, but she nails it. Yeah. Right? And, of course, before that, people are being very sleazy. Right, especially the guy's really sleazy, uh, the, the, the actor. Yeah. Um, he's, we're going to play nice and close like we do with... What's her name? Right. Yeah. Uh, the dark-haired one. The dark-haired one. That's also important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and And so he's sort of being misogynistic and, you know, gross. Right. But then she kills it. And it's such a shock because we just assume she's bad. Because yeah, of her since, overall personality. Especially since we saw her rehearsal. The rehearsal is interesting. Oh, okay. Ugh, you know. And the only one that says she's good is the uh, amnesia woman. Rita. Who yeah. can't remember seeing a movie. So she's <laughs> automatically like, oh, you're so good. But you're so good. Right? It's, it's almost strange that Betty has the wherewithal to even comprehend its badness. Right? Yeah. Because even she says it's bad. And it's like, I wouldn't even think Betty would know the difference. Right. Because right? um, then in the same scene, uh, Adam in, in uh, I was going to say interweaves. Well, yeah, interweaves. Well, he connects into now Betty's story. Yeah. Because we are seeing him casting his movie like the cowboy said to do. Yes. And um, we get this, you know... This strange sort of period piece, um, the Sylvia North story, I think, is what they're shooting. Yes. Yeah. And uh, which is also extremely important. And so keep that in mind. And then Camilla Rhodes shows up, and he just says, "This is the." I mean, he almost. Yeah, because because uh, we're assuming someone who works for the mobsters. Adam, is there anything you'd like to say to me? And he takes off his headphone. This is the girl. Yeah, he and he says it just like that, uh, no emotion. No, he's just saying the words in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because he's just he's upset that you know. Because then he sees Betty, 
And he goes, I want her to do it. Almost, right? And like, oh, yeah. You he, can he, see it on his face. Yeah, yeah they lock eyes. Fat. And he's like, whoa, who is that, right? You know? Yeah. And it's you almost think it's he's going to go, forget it. Yeah, it's and our, you. Come over. Cause, that, that. Yeah, because the, 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 the Irene says, I've got a director you should meet. And we, we meet Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the, the shot of the guy kind of after the guy's like, Adam, do you have anything to say to me? And after Adam says, this is the girl, the guy kind of like appears and like, that's an excellent choice, Adam. And that was it. And if I'm not mistaken, we also get um, a shot of the man in the wheelchair hearing the recording. Is that correct? In that scene? I'm sorry. I don't believe so. I did watch so. it last night. Again, we breaking. see him during the initial meeting. Yep. We see him after the meeting of him saying without saying, shut the production down then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see him, I believe. I'm just trying to remember because there was a scene where you don't you don't connect the two together. And then it turns out he's been listening in on the scene that we were watching. And I don't remember <sighs> where that was in the scene. I'm sorry. This, um, this movie's very complicated, but in a good way. But uh, I want to say it was when Adam's on his way home. And I'm assuming one of his producers is like, they shut the whole production down. You need to get here. Mm-hmm. And he's listening to their phone call. Okay. Yeah. I, probably, I believe that's so. probably right. Because that's when he's in his apartment. Uh, and Cookie shows up yes. to tell him that. Oh, no, no. That's, uh, that's after that. Okay. Cookie shows he's up like, and tells what do you mean I'm broke? Right. His funds have been suspended or whatever. Uh, yeah. Cookie is also, uh, he'll show up again. Yeah. And, um, I love this actor. I love that his mustache is a different color than his hair. Yeah, that it's pretty much it's white. all white. Yeah, and his hair is darker. And I, I think it's black. Yeah, almost right. And no. uh, so he has a very distinct look, so you can remember him again. And he also has an accent, which also helps. Um, so anyway, so do you think we should briefly just kind of touch on just the worst day that Adam had? Um, oh yeah, we haven't talked about Billy Ray Cyrus, have we? <laughs> Just, just bear with us, everyone. So Adam just has the worst day. He is told by these mobsters, you're going to put this girl on. And he says no. And then Dan Hedina, with a very weird, like, guttural scream, mm-hmm. tells him, well, it's no longer your film. He goes home to find his wife cheating on him with Billy Ray Cyrus, who's the voice of reason. He's probably upset, Lorraine. Yeah, he fucking kills me. Yeah, it's again, it's a, a very surreal moment. In you know, this is almost um, this is almost like Twin Peaks, where or Blue Velvet, where he takes um, he takes know, her jewelry box. Well, he takes no, 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 that's what I meant. Oh. He uh, David Lynch takes this idea of suburbia or mm-hmm. upper upper class living. It shows you something weird that goes on behind the door, right? Behind right. the curtains. And he does that in Twin Peaks, and he does that in Blue Velvet. Switch those, because <laughs> chronologically that doesn't make sense. But and this is sort of the same thing, where it's so weird that Billy Ray is not, you know, getting emotionally involved, really. Uh, he does it, later, just kind of. with his arms crossed. <laughs> Yeah, and he's got his tight-ass jeans on later, and, you know, he's, and like you love, said, the voice of reason. And I just love his name is Gene. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, then we get, I'm a, presumably, a, one of a very famous shot of Adam pouring this bright, hot pink 
uh, paint on his wife's jewelry. Um, and again, the voice of reason, Gene breaks up their fight. That's not a way to treat your wife, buddy. I don't care what she's done. <laughs> like, 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 it's hard to be mad at Billy Ray, right? I know. He's, he, because he's, he's having an affair with another man's wife. And, and he's just like, hey, man, I get it. You know, it's I'd just be mad best too. if you forget it. Yeah, I, I'd be mad too, but <laughs> it's, it's better if you just pretend like it didn't happen. Um, and so then Adam gets thrown out of his own house. Uh, and then, as we mentioned, he gets his funds depleted. And then, pretty much, a very calmly intimidated, you're going to pick the girl or else. Right. And, with the cowboy. And then he picks the girl. Do and I then that's the last we see of six shooters. Um, <laughs> Gotta get my six shooters? Do, do I need my 10 gallon half of six shooters? <laughs> Am I going to meet him in the corral? Or the... It was like, you gotta meet him at this corral. Oh, uh, the ranch. Am I gonna meet him at the ranch? Okay, smart ass, but you do have to meet him at a corral. Yeah, it's like, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> it, it, again, it's very ridiculous, very over-the-top, very surreal. Um, and then we don't see Adam after the uh, the casting of Camilla Rhodes. No, we do not. Um, That's a wrap on Adam. For uh, now. For now. Uh, and then we meet up with Betty and Rita again. Right. And... Rita is afraid to pursue this. Right. She's afraid of, yeah, pursuing it. She's afraid that she is putting herself in danger. And Betty in danger. Right. And they they do have a lead at this apartment, but... Because all of a sudden, Rita can remember the name Diane Selwyn. Diane Selwyn. Is that my name? It might be. So they, they find the number in the phone book... A phone book is a book with phone numbers in it, by the way. Those of you, those are Gen Xers out there. Um, And they call. It doesn't really sound like her, but they go and check it out anyway. Maybe it's your roommate. Maybe it is. They go. Diane Selwyn answers the door. But it's not Diane. No. We switched apartments. This uh, lady with dark hair, which now that you've said it, now I'm like... Well, she had dark hair. She she answers the door and says, no, Diane and I switched apartments. She's in number 17. Yeah. And I'm assuming Betty doesn't want this chick involved. So she's like, okay, we'll leave her a note. Okay, well, I'll come with you. She has some of my stuff. And they're like, uh... uh lucky for them, this chick gets a phone call. Yeah. Um, and so they break into the apartment. And uh, then we kind of... Then we, then David takes us back to horror almost again, where they're obviously reacting to some kind of smell mm-hmm. in the apartment, the two girls. And they make their way to the bedroom where they find, presumably, Diane dead and decaying in her bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not expecting that at all. And so now they're convinced they've gotten themselves in some... Something shady. Right. Um, So, (laughs) Betty makes Rita a wig. And now they look very similar, the two of them. Yes. uh, (laughs) Rita's wearing her wig so she doesn't get recognized. Right? Uh, She she has a target on her back, she feels like. Right? Yeah. Um, And then, uh, we we get this... uh, We get this love scene between the two of them. They have fallen in love with each other. Right. Which... The first time watching this, 
And when Naomi Watts is like, I Being think I'm in love with you. I was like, bitch, you've only known her for two days. All right. But then the second time, I was like, oh, I get it. Right. Um, you know, and I I wasn't going to say this for later, but I want to go ahead and put it in now. Um, I was watching the the interview with David Lynch and Naomi Watts on my on that Criterion uh, yeah. Mulholland Drive. And they were talking about that scene in particular. David said how it was never intended to be erotic. It was never intended to be, you know, overly sexual. It was meant to showcase love Mm -hmm. and Naomi was like absolutely it's very tender it's very Mm -hmm. you know intimate with these two women (laughs) and Naomi was like you know I I rewatched it recently I was like that's pretty hot (laughs) I was like damn Naomi Watts Naomi's great but but I do agree it it wasn't it is sexual but it, it wasn't meant to be like like David a, Lynch was like, here's some free porn. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be pornography. Yeah, right. And it is very tender and it's very intimate. Mm-hmm. You know, I I've seen movies with graphic sex scenes, and this was not. This that. is different, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, all right, we're gearing up to one of my favorite scenes in the film, which is uh, Club Silencio. Uh, yes. And so Rita is saying this word, Silencio. And. Uh, no hay banda. No hay banda. Silencio. And she starts almost yelling it. Right. And so Betty wakes up and is like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on? And Rita says, you need to come with me somewhere. It's three in the morning. Where could we possibly go? Will you come with me? And Betty says, yes. Fine. Put your way down. Let's go. So they go to Club Silencio. Mm-hmm. And this is by far the most surreal this movie gets until the very, very end. Yes. Uh, where they go to this place where the performances are all pre-recorded and are mimed on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to point out the 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 announcer guy. Um, I love him. He's great. He's in the the foldout yeah. of, of the Criterion, and I was like, I couldn't really make out his face, and I was like. This guy looks a lot like Michael Keaton. I was like, is Michael Keaton in this movie? That would have been really cool. Well, watching it, I was like, he he does a little, just a, maybe like in the eyebrows and the eyes, mm-hmm. he looks like Michael Keaton. But yeah, it's obviously not. Obviously. But before I watched it, I was like, I was like, if Michael Keaton's in this, like, oh my God. And I searched the cast list twice. And I was like, okay, he's not in it. It would have been faster if you had just typed in Michael Keaton and gone that way, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, wow. So um, we get to Club Valencia. And yes. and so we get a few examples of what Club Silencio is, right? Yes. And uh, so we get the the trumpet player, uh, and then we get um, oh, so sorry, guys, that's my phone. Um, Apparently, Alex just watched Midsummer. Oh, cool. Uh, we'll talk to him about that later. Uh, <laughs> I don't have time right now. So, um, and so, you know, the trumpet player comes out. Right, the trumpet player comes out, and it's mimicked very well. And then, of course, he takes the trumpet away from his mouth. The music is still going. He has stopped. Therefore, he is not really playing. Again, he keeps saying it. There is no band. No Ibanda. Yes. Right? It is all recording. And and Betty is almost having a very visceral reaction yes, to all this. she is having, like, a seizure or something. It's very strange. Especially when he starts doing, like, the lightning. Yeah. And he's, like staring down the camera I personally feel like he's almost staring down Betty right because he can probably see her like shaking in the chair 
And and again, then we get uh, then he leaves, and then we get Cookie mm-hmm. shows yeah. up. I was like, hey, it's Cookie. Yeah, right. And he introduces Rebecca De Rio playing herself, playing herself. Um, and she starts singing uh, a Spanish cover of "Crying" by Roy Orbison. And it's it's, it's very beautiful, and and both Rita and Betty are you know reacting to it, and they're sobbing right there. Mm-hmm. They're they're crying. They're holding each other there. Um, and then in the middle of the song, Rebecca collapses, collapses, and of course the music is still going. And me, I forgot. I completely forgot as that uh, that oh right, it's there all is no band pre-recorded. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like Betty reali- finally realizes that too because she starts wiping the tears from her eyes, almost like right. Why did I react oh, they, like this? Oh, they got me, you know. Yeah, um, which I guess leads us to the big another big reveal. Um, I'm assuming she's reaching over her purse to get like tissues or something, and we find a little blue box. Yeah, weird, right? But it matches the key. Oh, we, we, we forgot to mention um, how one of the reasons they figured out that Rita's name is not Rita is she had a purse with her, and when she opens up her purse, when Betty urges her to do so, they just find a shit ton of money and a very strange... Very strange, triangular, very, very blue. Blue key. Right. And anyway, this this box matches that key. And so they're going to go back to Aunt Ruth's house, open it and see what's going on. And uh, Betty puts the cube on the bed and kind of walks away. We're thinking vanishes. Mm-hmm. Um, now Rita is calling out for her. She has no idea where she is. Puts the key in the hole in the box, turns it. Well, it opens the box. And? We get a nice push into the box, and then we see the box hit the ground. And now no one's there. But then we see Aunt Ruth walk in. Which is weird, because Aunt Ruth... Is in Canada filming a movie. Here we go. All right. So here's my question. Sure. Um, What is real? (laughs) The last 20 minutes. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. In the the first two thirds, is real. Is real. It's all a dream. So so he took the red room sequence in Twin Peaks. I've seen that far, and I mean you only ramped to, it up. You've only got the third episode, so uh, <laughs> let's not go crazy. Um, but at least I know what the red room is. Kind of. So uh, in the very very beginning, in between the jitterbug and in between the opening credits, there is a POV shot of Diane. Um, you can hear sniffing, right? She's presumably doing drugs, and then she passes out face first. That's what that shot is. That's what that is. And uh, so... Oh, because it's just, yeah, the camera hitting the pillow, and then... Let off. off. Yeah. So... Right there, starting there, dream. Dream sequence. Motherfucker. So, uh... Oh, I know. So would you, would you say then the jitterbug sequence... Is important because, um, again, it's sort of like she's in this state. Yeah, she's in this drug-addled state before she passes out, and she's remembering good times, right? Uh, the jitterbug contest she won is real. She mentions that That's later. That's right. Yeah. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to hurt everyone's ears. 
Oh my fucking god! Yeah. Oh, it's making sense now. Yeah. Okay. So this here we go. So what I mean by dream logic is the the fact that the man at the Winkies is having his little scene is because she sees him when she is putting the hit out on Camilla. So, oh my god! Uh, I know. So okay. Here we go. We are gonna. I'm gonna help you solve this. Put this all together. So the last 20 minutes. Yes, this is exactly like last week, where we have this film. We have this first two thirds of the movie. The filmmakers rip the rug out from under you and only give you a very short amount of time to figure it out. Right. That's probably why I had said, so, "Oh my fucking god!" Oh. All right. Continue. Ten clues. Ten clues. David Lynch gives you ten clues to figure this out. Okay. Again solvable mystery um pay close attention to the first two scenes or to the very very beginning two clues are given jitterbug laying face down to the pillow right all right okay notice the appearance of the red lampshade we're gonna keep going well Um, uh, oh oh, like during the phone call sequence when they're calling everyone mm -hmm. right 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 all right this one is, can you hear the title of the film Adam Kesher is auditioning for? Uh, is it mentioned again? The, uh, um, the Sylvia North story. Right. Yes, it is. It is mentioned again because that's how she met Camilla. All right. <laughs> again, the entire dream sequence is a guilt, stress-fueled fever dream, right? Mm-hmm. Because of what she's done. Right. We're going to get there. All right. An accident is a terrible event. Notice the location of the accident. Mm-hmm. Okay. Long drive. Uh, who gives a key and why? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. Notice the robe, the ashtray, the coffee cup. Her robe, her ashtray, her coffee cup. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not the coffee cup she uses in the uh, dinner party scene. This is SOS, which I, I like. It's not that one. It's her Winkies coffee cup from work. Because she or uh, she had taken it from Wiggins or something like that. Um, again, where she puts the hit on on Camilla. Um, what is left, realized, and gathered at Club Silencio? Club Silencio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, did talent alone help Camilla? Um, that's another one. There's the next one. Notice the occurrence surrounding the man behind Winkies. And where is Aunt Ruth? So, all right. Oh, fuck. Well, where is Aunt Ruth? Aunt Ruth is dead. Um, Aunt Ruth died, left uh, left Diane Selwyn, who is Naomi Watts. Uh, Diane Selwyn is real. And Camilla Rhodes are re- is real. Okay? Mm-hmm. These two women are real. So... Betty and Rita do not exist. Yes. So, who... The whole time we've been following Rita, she's actually Camilla Rhodes, and Betty is... Well, again... Well, right. Looks like yes. Camilla Rhodes. So, the here, real Camilla here's Rhodes. why Betty is so obnoxious, is because Diane dreams of being this... You know, innocent, wide-eyed, optimistic, young actress. Good actress. She's not either of those. She's things. a mediocre actress. Yeah, who just can't catch a break. Right. right. Even with her love interest, Camilla Rose. Camilla Rose. Right. All right. So, <laughs> I know. Um, we see. Um, 
we see little bits of information when we go to the dinner party. Uh, again, when she pulls up, it's the we don't stop here line. And we see the driver start to turn around. You're like, oh. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. He doesn't have a gun. Camilla comes and picks her up, takes her over there. And it's Adam's house. And Coco is Adam's mom. Right. Um, and Diane is having a hard time. Um, because I'm going to be real. Camilla's given her a lot of mixed signals. Yes. Uh, Camilla goes and picks her up and, you know, makes is, her feel like, you know. It's me and you. Right. But then uh, she's all over Adam. And then all over the fake Camilla Rhodes. Right. The, uh, I guess she's another actress or someone at that party. Mm-hmm. And so that's how she gets into the dream also. Um, again, this is before she puts the head out. So this is, this is what leads up to that. Right. Right. Um, and what, what's even before the, the dinner party is, uh, them on set, mm-hmm. right. Of, of Camilla, they're, filming the uh, this other film right yeah they don't say they don't say but um diane is there being a background actress mm-hmm. almost like an extra i guess probably um that camilla helped her get uh, camilla's the star of the film adam is the director and adam is definitely infatuated with yes camilla. and camilla doesn't seem to mind right um and so this is where we sort of get this um, idea that Diane is being sort of played by uh, Camilla, mm-hmm. you know, emotionally, right? Right. Because um, then we, the very next scene is Camilla pleading with Diane not to throw her out, like, you know, like this doesn't get easy. And she's like, oh, because you want me to make it easy for you. Well, fuck you. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And then slam the door. So, Diane, again, Naomi Watts, Diane, uh, decides that she's going to kill Camilla. And how do you do that? Well, you hire someone, obviously. And this is where we see Mark Pellegrino again. Right. Who definitely is much more menacing than how we've been seeing Yes, he is not this bumbling buffoon of a hitman. He looks like he'll get the job done. Yeah, especially when she hands her, hands him the headshot. What the fuck are you doing? Don't show this shit. What does she say? It's just a actress's resume. No Before one. that, she says, "This is the girl." Oh. When she when she passes him the headshot, mm. she says, "This is the girl." And then she's like, "Then he goes, you know, what, what the, the fuck, fuck are you doing? Yeah, you know, don't show me that here." And how do we know that the job's done? Um. Take this key. You'll know where to. You'll go where I told you when the job is done. Right. You'll you'll find it when the job's done. Right. And, and it's so a blue standard. It's key. The, it's a blue key. And so later we see it on her coffee table with the ashtray, when, the piano ashtray. When not Diane. Right. When the woman comes in, they had switched apartments. She needs some of her stuff. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But the point is, she is now in possession of that blue key. Mm-hmm. Which means that that job is done. Which means Camilla is dead. All right? Right. And then later we we get the um, 
the grief-stricken masturbation scene. Which Naomi said was... Um, a very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. And apparently, <laughs> David was just like, oh, okay, Naomi. And she was like, no cut, no stop, no nothing. Just, okay, Naomi. Okay, Naomi. <laughs> and she... Uh, and props to Naomi Watts because in the interview she was saying how she was just so pissed off that she was even starting to like like get even like more into it gross so (laughs) gross your hand sounds Uh, (laughs) so now she is overwhelmed with grief and shame uh, and um I don't know, guilt. Yeah. Right. Right. And is in, you know, hallucinating Camilla back in the apartment. Mm-hmm. And is hallucinating uh, the elderly couple, um, whom are not explained. And I have a theory on why here in a second. Okay. So then she commits suicide um, in a very surrealistic. Yeah, when she pulls the trigger. The top way yeah, that she, David Lynch shows. She pulls the trigger in this. I'm assuming uh, 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 smoke machines. Yeah, smoke bomb machines. Yeah, from either side of the bed. And we cut to the woman in the blue hair uh, at Club Silencio. She whispers Silencio. And the movie's over. Credits. And again, doesn't give you a lot of time to figure it out. So you're just like, what's going on? Yeah. And that's what's going on. Uh, We are thrown into reality, which is way more chaotic, way more surreal than a dream. So what you're saying is almost like the dream is more to the point. Well, the dream is more of a a literal dream life that that Diane wanted. Wants. Oh, okay. Right. And so the reason I titled this episode A Tale of Two Women, it, it, it isn't a Betty and Rita. It's it's Betty and Diane. Gotcha. It's the it's this this parallel between the the person Diane wants to be and the person Diane is, and, yeah. And the struggle that she has with the decisions that she's made, and this is why this movie is so brilliant, and this is why people say it's the greatest film of that decade. Yeah, because this is why I asked the question, "What's real?" Because there's all these references to both parts of the movie. You know, like when they're at the dinner party with Adam, he says, yeah, you know, hard to believe, you know, she got the pool guy and I got the pool. I should thank the judge because then we see Lorraine and Adam married and she's nailing the pool guy. Mm -hmm. But it's but he gets kicked out of the house. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, but wait a minute. Like and then, you know, Mark Pellegrino, he's got the black book. But as I said, he seems much more serious. Yeah now and again he looks different he looks more put together his eyes are the same color well, I mean, his he's hair still, is different he's still misheveled but yeah, he's yeah, but much he, more serious right and he's not you know an idiot no he's not a with a stupid goatee right he's a little more put together he he seems like whatever you whatever you think of what a hitman would look like right whatever you tell him and pay him to do he's gonna get it done <laughs> right it, he's not gonna screw it up yeah and uh, so the reason we see him like that um, in in the dream sequence is because she wishes he was he would have fucked it up and Camilla would have lived, right? This right. is sort of like that, you know, again, very guilt-stricken dream mm-hmm. that she had. Uh, also, the cowboy woke her up, and I forgot to mention that. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then we see him walk, uh, through, walk the dinner party. through the dinner party. 
Yeah, because he says, hey, pretty girl, it's time to wake up. Yeah. And we kind of cut in between dead Diane Silwyn, who looks nothing like Naomi Watts, to Naomi Watts actually waking up as Diane. Uh, Diane, yeah. Um, I know. So, so, wait. <sighs> so then what's the significance of the cowboy? This it, See, now here's my theory. The significance of the cowboy and the significance of the elderly couple uh-huh. would have been fleshed out after 10 episodes. So, in case you missed it last week, everyone, I, I wanted to mention it um, that this film was originally meant to be a pilot. Well, technically it was filmed as a pilot. Um, and I think David said he took it to NBC and they were like... Huge mistake. No. Yeah. Um, Which is so weird because Twin Peaks was such... A hit that it's and like. Was it also on NBC? No, that was ABC. Because huh. ABC knows what the fuck they're doing. Well, that's well, not, sometimes. Well, enough. And I guess. Um, right. Yeah. So that, that's my theory. Is because I, or maybe I'm just dumb and I don't get the significance and I haven't read enough. I mean whatever. that it makes sense because you know he didn't. I mean, he did great considering that this was only filmed to be a 45 minute pilot Mm -hmm. and then managed to tack on another hour and 40 minutes Mm -hmm. onto this thing. Right. You know, yeah, I think I made the right decision and here's why, because in twin peaks, I'm about to spoil twin peaks. Um, Oh no. Here, hang on. No, 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 it's fine. I'm not going to, I'll just let you know what happened. So, uh, in twin peaks, ABC made him, solve who killed Laura Palmer oh. after like five episodes. And of season one? Oh yeah. We know who killed Laura Palmer way early. No shit. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate. That Is that we, why see I read that season two a lot of people And so then he would just build with the mythology. But um they wanted him to solve it way early. And he was like that I don't want to do that. Right. But I'm sure he probably had no choice. Yeah. It was so, probably either you solve it or yeah. someone else is going to run this show. Or something, or something right? It, and so they, they made him kind of push that reveal early. Um, is that I, why when he did the revival uh, on Showtime, when Showtime was like, do whatever you want. Yeah, Showtime he was like, like, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Showtime goes, Showtime's like, we hired you, do whatever you want. You know? No. And that's why it's so amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, networks usually nitpick and, you know, they, they have a lot more micromanaging style to their pr- production and whatever. So well, I, I will say I am glad that if maybe I'm misremembering, if, if it was NBC that he took the pilot to, that they didn't buy it mm-hmm. because if, if he, if they would have bought right. it, he would have been fucked. Yeah. Who knows? He, he wouldn't you know, like if they would have bought it, the rights and then not gone through with it, he couldn't have made it into a movie. He would have had to wait. Right. And so... So I'm glad they are immediately like, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not glad. <laughs> I'm not glad because now I need more David Lynch in my life. But at the same time, I'm glad they were immediately no. Right. Because so then we wouldn't... tack on this, you know, let's solve what I can and let's, let, let's solve this mystery... But let's also keep some stuff in there that, you know, is up for interpretation, like right. the cowboy, like the elderly couple, right, that are sort of like, I don't know, what do you think? You know, and right. it's kind of like, well, I think this, you know, whatever. Right. Um, maybe the the cowboy is death. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, we can, that's just a I was about to say, like, you see? 
No, I have no idea. And that's just a quick thing I just thought of. But, um, you know, the Cowboys up for interpretation. The elderly couple's up for interpretation. Yeah, because we see them at the beginning of the film with her Betty. Name, her name is Irene, by the way. Uh, oh. That's, that's why I remembered uh, that the old lady's name is Irene. Uh, okay, Irene. Okay, I will, Irene. Oh, God. She's annoying. Um... But, yeah, you know, we see them get off the plane with her, and then we hold on them for a little bit while they're in their limo. Smiling. Smiling, which actually hated. She, uh, she, it's uncomfortable. She wasn't really watching the movie with me, but she was like, oh, no. <laughs> no. And it's a very Lynch thing to do, by the way. That sort of, uh, that sort of uncomfortable, sur- surreal sort of a, a thing that, you know, and she kind of taps his leg kind of weird. Like, very stilted. Just yeah. Yeah. And it's so strange, but um, I'll tell you now what I was told to put in my paper. Okay. That Naomi Watts plays two characters. Ah. And I said, no. Absolutely that- not, because that's not the paper I was writing. I was writing a, a non-spoiler review, and she goes, well, that's not spoiling. I go, that's absolutely spoiling it. Is, you know, now they're expecting her to be another character, and it's been an hour and a half, and there is no other character, and it's like, well... It's going to be at the end. Therefore, you're figuring it out. I don't want people to figure it out. Right? Yeah. And I'm glad you didn't tell me. Because I know you were really going back and forth and telling me before we planned this episode. Uh, now I'm glad. Because yeah. I'm also... I mean, I'm not. I'm also not glad with this. I'm also glad that I forgot you saying to read the 10 clues. Because mm-hmm. I completely forgot. Yeah. I was like, you know, let's watch this. I'm re- let's do this. I'm jumping in. Well, I would have wanted you to read the 10 clues after you'd watched the first time and uh, then try to figure it out the second time. Right? That's what I should have done. And, of course, like I had said, the 10 clues don't help me the second time either, right? Because yeah. it's like, okay, well, there's Aunt Ruth. There's Aunt Ruth. But wait, now she just said Aunt Ruth is dead. I don't understand. What does it mean by where is Aunt Ruth, right? It, it, the clues are there to get you to realize you can solve it, but I, they're... David Lynch does a good job with, I'm, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of work. Right. Right. Like, I'm not going to make it easy for you. Yeah, because d- didn't, because I know you and Alex both said that he he doesn't give things away in his No, movie. and it's hilarious because uh, there's like a super cut of uh, him in interviews. Of him just going, no. <laughs> so like, what, did, so what, do you think, what did you mean when you did, no? No. Like, next question. I'm not going to answer that. You know? Because, uh, like, he's been asked to explain a racer head, and he goes, no. Really? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, of course not. Because, you know, that one is definitely up for interpretation and is made for that purpose. Like, it's not... He never made it for the intention of it having one, one answer. explanation. Oh, okay. No. His films are more... Uh, they're more art pieces than they are... Would you say the only two films that he had to give explanations were Dune and Elephant Man? Uh, I mean, Dune. <sighs> also, the straight story. That's uh, it's on Disney Plus, by the way. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, a David Lynch film on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It's no. a Disney movie. Oh no, shit! Yeah. Yeah. It's, did he uh, hate it, or did was no, he? No, like- no, no. He no. It's just it's you know not a traditional Lynch. There's Lynch aspects, just like in Elephant Man, but it's a straightforward narrative. Do Do you think it's because? Disney was like, hey, we we love you, but kids aren't. <laughs> I think it's more of a, you know, we we like we like your style. Here's this story. You know, it's got to start and a finish. You know, um, it's not a David Lynch IP, right? Gotcha. He, what he does with 
stories that aren't his, he does it respectfully and he does it with the intention of maintaining the integrity of that story. That's not, he's not out to, he's not out to make it his own and like fuck it up. Like, that's not what he wants to do. Okay. Like, you know, I mean, like with Elephant Man, with Dune, with Straight Story, he doesn't do that. Right? Now, his stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously. His stuff, like Mulholland Drive, Inland Empire, Eraserhead, Twin Peaks, that stuff, that's whatever. Right. right? That That's whatever he wants to do. You know, yeah. So, dude, this movie, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Like, <laughs> I really, like, I really loved it. Like, yeah. I was really worried that I wasn't going to. Not because of any one particular thing, but I was like, man, what if I hate this movie? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hate this movie because, you know, I have heard not only from you, but from other people that David Lynch is amazing. My buddy Quentin at Best Buy, shout out to Quentin. He's got a Twin Peaks tattoo. Nice. Uh, but it's 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 two arrows and then a, a colon. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, shout out to him. When I told him I, got, I purchased it, he was like, Dude, it's like you're gonna love it, and I'm like, and in the back of my head, I was like, oh, don't say that. I thought about certain Twin Peaks tattoos uh, for myself. Yeah, that's that's his only tattoo, but it's oh. yeah, it's just right there. People love it, man. Uh, I'm a, a part. Oh of no, the, one saw where I'm putting. I'm pointing at the bottom part of my the un, wrist, underside right. of my wrist. Now, I, I will say that I am a part of a David Lynch fan group on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, people love it. people love David Lynch, and it's. It's fun to celebrate David Lynch because his stuff is just so out there. And again, up for interpretation that it's just fun to talk to people about it and be like, oh, check out this. You know, I always post like all my Twin Peaks shit that I have. Right. Look, look at all these Twin Peaks. You know what I mean? Because I, I have it on. <laughs> at one point, I had it on DVD, Blu-ray, uh, the box set, this other box set. Don't I have one of your Blu-ray box you sets? Do. You do. So what you're saying is I should probably get whatever new collection is coming of all of it? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it's just if you love it, then you want it for different reasons, like for dis- display purposes, stuff like that. You know, well, and I... I'm a nerdy collector. And so I do enjoy... Yeah, I have enjoyed the episodes I've seen of Twin Peaks. And I do want to finish it. Um, but, you know, back to Mulholland Drive. Uh, sorry, everyone. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Um... I definitely have other his other movies on my Criterion list, on my wish list. Uh, Elephant Man, Blue Velvet, um, the Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me movie, even though you said I have it with that collection you, you gave me. Fine. But I'd rather have it on that yeah. Criterion. Um, I do want to track down... Because I feel like I have seen his version of Dune at some point in my life, but I don't remember it at all. Um, I've never seen it. So. And, of course, I love Kyle MacLachlan. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he is. I mean, I have a shirt that says "Starring Kyle MacLachlan." That's off. That's awesome. Um, it's from the Twin Peaks: The Return. You know, I. Yeah, sorry. If I if I keep talking about him, I'm gonna start talking about How I Met Your Mother because he plays the captain and How yes, I Met does. Your Mother, <laughs> the captain. Um, but I enjoyed it so much, man. Like, you know, and watching the interviews on the special features of of it you know like with Justin Thoreau when he had gotten the call from his manager that he wanted to that David Lynch wanted to meet him he was like he wants to meet me <laughs> and know. he was like you know I went over to his house and he answered the door he was like he did not an assistant he answered the door and there he was just like everyone had always described it described him to me 
khaki pants, a button-up white shirt, and just a shock of white hair. Yeah. He was like, and we talked. And he was like, and I've never had that experience. And then Justin Thoreau uh, would be in Inland Empire also. Okay. Um, 2006. So. Yeah, man. I, I'm really glad... You know, I, I feel like I've talked to you. I'm pretty sure I've talked to you about this off mic, but I'm gonna go and say it on on the podcast. Um, I I enjoy when you when you especially push me to like, dude, like you you think you know what film is? Watch this. You know. Yeah, um, this one is. It's a good example of how something so intricate and so. It, you know, it's so different mm-hmm. can appeal to a large audience. Yeah. Right? Again, a lot of people like this movie. And David won an Academy Award for Best Director. I have no idea. That, I, that cannot be true. Because I, I don't think he has any of those. But I, I, I'm pretty sure, I feel like I read when I wasn't necessarily doing research before I started watching the film, but I did just want a little bit, of, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of tidbits here and there, and a little, mm-hmm. little you know, a little, little fun facts. Fun facts. Um, oh, he got a nomination mm. for best director. Um, he, uh, I don't know who he lost to, but he, um, he got a nomination for best director for this film. Um, yeah, I loved it, man. Um, I. I'm now going to have to watch it a third time yeah. now, knowing everything I know now. Yes. And see how I... And you'll see how it all fits together. Yeah. It's, you know, um, I've I've heard that people like to watch it backwards. So they like to watch the reality first and then the dream, um, which is an option. So, like, they, like, if they're, I'm assuming if they're watching it on, like, Blu-ray, they... Fast forward all the way to... What a wonderful question and a unique question because it has a weird answer. No, you can't do that. Um, the DVDs won't let you skip. Um, he really? has it to where there is no chapter um, oh. option. You can't skip to a chapter and you cannot skip on the Blu-ray. Like you can't fast forward? No. Right, maybe you can fast forward, but you can't skip um, so yeah, So if you have to fast forward, you have to sit there and mm-hmm. wait. Because mm-hmm. I think you can because I know... Well, maybe Criterion is different, but the DVD. You well, can't. I thought it was a little weird when I loaded up my Criterion. It and had the, no timeline. No, I was like, he huh. doesn't want that. He wants you to watch it the way it is in one sitting. Yeah, he doesn't want you to skip around. Um, and of course, there are also lots of different things about the ways you can watch a David Lynch thing, like um, on the Return, the Twin Peaks uh, miniseries. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be weird. But uh, watching the last two episodes at the same time. How 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 would Listen, you do that, dude? I don't know. But they're saying that there are there are link they they link up and like they they explain things at certain times and it makes more sense if you watch them at the exact same time. <laughs> I know it's, like, um, it's strange, right? You have to have this is the this is the fandom of David Lynch. All right, is. Finding different ways to enjoy and to understand narrative, um, like it, with this being a weird example, only because it's watching it backwards, right? Or yeah. watching it out of sequence, not necessarily backwards, but you know. I believe that's. I think that's called like the machete method. 
You mean the movie Machete? No. Oh. No, like there's an actual method of that's how you can watch film because like that's one way people say how to watch the Star Wars movies. You go a New Hope, Empire, and once you get the reveal of Darth Vader, you go back and you watch one, two, three, and then you end on uh, Return of the Jedi, and then of course the sequel movies. That's interesting. Um, Alex has even told me to watch them like that. I guess because you know now that we know who Darth Vader is. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Going back and seeing his origin brings this whole other level to him. Uh, that's interesting. Which I get. Right. No, that does make sense. And see, that's what... And so I think with yeah. this, if you watch Diane's reality yeah. and then see her dream, I guess... Of how she wishes things were or whatever. Right. There is one thing. All right. Before we wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. Mm-hmm. That I just remembered. The phone call sequence okay. makes no fucking sense. The, the man in the wheelchair calls someone and says, the girl is still missing. And he just goes, okay. And he hangs up. And then he calls someone that definitely looks like a very seedy apartment. And all we see is the man's arm. Talk to me. The same. And he hangs up. And then he dials. And then hangs up and then dials. And then we see the red lampshade and the ashtray of this phone ringing, but no one answers. And... What the fuck? Yeah. Sorry, um, everyone. I know I've been yelling a no, lot. Uh, no, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have that information. I, I think maybe that's one of the things, like the cowboy, the elderly couple, that eventually all of that will, will have been fleshed out after a season of television. I don't know. Maybe. Um, maybe. But you're right. It is strange and up for interpretation, and that's David Lynch. So. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is maybe the man in the wheelchair... It's just being passed down the line. Mm-hmm. But then maybe Diane is just misremembering the phone call that she receives later. Maybe. In the movie. I don't know. Um, or it's, you know, I mean, everyone, every important person gets to be in the reality, right? Except for that guy in the wheelchair. I don't know. You know, he seems to be a big deal and then he's not anymore, right? Yeah. We don't see him again uh, in reality. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. But everybody else essentially yeah. gets to be in both. I worlds. know. I know. There's like a way. Like, I know this is the most accurate source, but like on Wikipedia, if you're looking at the movie and you get down to cast, it says main cast, and then it has Naomi Watts, Laura. Uh, how do you pronounce her last name? I don't remember. Laura um, Justin Thoreau, and then uh, the woman who plays Coco. And that's the main cast, quote unquote. And then you get to everybody else. I think it's this like side cast, and mm-hmm. it's everyone else. Huh. I don't know. Maybe that's just how Wikipedia does things. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not on there enough. But um, Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up? Wrap up? Wrap up? Yeah. Um, thanks for sticking out with us this long about uh, Mulholland Drive. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Also, watch it one more time. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Go go watch it again. Yeah. Even the, yeah. Even though. And if you didn't pay attention to the spoilers, even though we just give you the answer, I'm definitely going to 100% watch it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It's super good. I may... Um, I tried to get Ashley to really watch it the second time through, mm-hmm. but when she was kind of half watching it my first watch through and she, we got to the, the sex scene and the masturbation, she, masturbation, masturbation scene... She was like, this movie's very sexual. I was like, well, I don't think it's meant to be, though. You know, and she, I, I think it just kind of, she was just like, eh. Of course, 
I love my wife dearly, but she's not really into what would be considered a quote unquote weird movie. Mm. But Bummer. I'm trying. Yeah, you're trying. But um, so speaking of weird movies, are you ready for next week, Jamie? Yeah, tell me. So our buddy Alex will be back for next week. <sighs> so excited. <laughs> So excited for this one too, man. Uh, 2019's from Robert Eggers, The Lighthouse. <sighs> Gonna do The Lighthouse. That's exciting stuff. I I really like The Lighthouse. You know, so be fun. you when when we went and visited set, uh, that was fuck's nuts. Um, <clears throat> you really wanted us to go see that movie. Yeah. Um, but we just couldn't. It's sort of my fault. We just did, we didn't have the time, and I think no, none of the theaters where we were at were showing it. Were they? Well, definitely no one here was showing it, and so um, I remember because I remember you looked it up and you're like, "It's going to be playing while we're there. We're seeing it. No ifs, ands, yeah. or buts." Yeah, exactly. And I, me I was, and Alex were just like, "Okay." Yeah. But then since I had to cut our sh- trip short a day. We just didn't have, but I feel like when you double checked, they weren't show like the theater that we were going to go to wasn't showing. It I honestly, anymore. don't remember. I remember I had to wait like four months for it to be on uh, iTunes, and I just bought it, and I was like, "Let's rock and roll." You know, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna see it, and then I saw a Good Time, and I'm like, "Okay, if Robert Pattinson can blow me away with that, what is he gonna do in the Lighthouse?" So I immediately bought it, like the very next day after seeing the uh, Good Time. And I was just like, whoa. Now, if you had just asked a few years earlier, I would have told you that Robert Pattinson is a great actor and that he had been doing good stuff for years. He had been doing Rover and Cosmopolis and he had been doing all much stuff. I know. I I think it was that whole thing of, you know, the only thing I the first thing I'd ever saw him in was Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I think people forget that. Uh, that do. He, he was Cedric Diggory. Okay. He was the best Hufflepuff. Right. Shout out Hufflepuffs. Oh, and then he was a vampire, and I think people really hold that against him. Yeah, and I was talking about that to uh, my buddy Shep at work. Shout out to Shep. He doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Him and him and Debbie. Oh, they're the best. Anyway, um, he, we were talking about that, and I was I was telling him that those movies are were written so horribly that yeah. the best actor won't look like a good actor reading that those lines, right? I mean, it's... Not their fault. Yeah. I mean, he, he shines so well as Cedric. Because Kristen Stewart's also very good. And I, I think that, um, again, those movies are just done so horribly that that you can't tell. Yeah. You know, because if you, if you were comparing the, the fandoms Harry to Harry Potter to Twilight, he plays Cedric Diggory so well. Mm-hmm. Even though Cedric has probably like 15 minutes of screen time. It, yeah. And gets killed off. Same movie. Spoilers. Oh, boy. Um, but in that 15 minutes, Robert gives it his all, and it's so good. But then if you look at the five... I don't fucking know. I've only seen two. I've never seen them. Five of the Twilight movies, they're just so bad. Like, they're so bad, dude. Um, but anyway. Uh, the Lighthouse, next week, our buddy Alex will be on. Super excited to talk about it. Uh, yeah, we uh, we hope you enjoyed Maholan Drive. Uh, you should have paused when we said spoilers, and we will see you next week. <laughs>